You're listening to the Social Spectrum Podcast with Gina Galliotto. Here we prove that success on social media and in entrepreneurship is not one size fits all and discuss thriving online through the lens of different personality types, lifestyles, and neurodiversity. Success lives on a spectrum, so your impossible search for the one right way to grow your online business ends here. On the Social Spectrum Podcast, we'll unfold your right way instead. Let's dive in. I am so excited right now because today, for the very first time ever, I'm sharing behind the scenes of a recent one-on-one coaching session of mine with an incredible creator named Aurora. I've had the privilege of working with Aurora several times, and after this recent session, I realized that not only was she struggling with a lot of the same things that I see other high-level creators struggling with, but she also has such an incredible and important message to share with her content. So. Here are just a few of the questions that Aurora submitted to me before the session, which we answer on this call and in this episode. Should I start fresh with a new Instagram account? Can you help me communicate and market my angle and unique voice? How do I optimize my content for my ideal viewer and the algorithm? And how do I attract ideal brand collabs and UGC clients to me? So if you're struggling with any of those, this episode is definitely for you. Enjoy. I'm actually, I'm really excited. <laughs> my wheels were spinning after I read all of your notes oh my on God. your Google Doc. So I'm really excited to talk about it. Hopefully this is not too much. Like I was like, no. just like it had been something I wanted to come back to. So basically I've been spending like a lot of personal changes in my life personally, mm-hmm. which led me to rely more on my client work and just build that. And now I'm happy with what I do. I don't want to take any more clients. I'm happy with the foundation. Now I want to work with you. <laughs> yeah, it's a comfortable place to be in because it's a lot more sustainable, I think. Like whenever you're scrambling for with different irons in different places, it's it's really hard. So having that supplemental income and knowing that you're like comfortable to be able to work on this is going to make all the difference, I'm sure. I will like, actually, let's just get into it. But I do okay. love your, I love your messaging and I love the direction you're going with it. But as you probably know and why you are on this call, it's about translating it. And so that's yeah. what we're going to mostly talk about today. I wanted to start though, and let me know if I should zoom in. I always keep it in edit mode so I can make notes. I wanted to start with this question because it's the hardest one. Should you create a new account? And the reason it's the hardest one for me is because there's really, there's no right or wrong answer. So I can't just tell you, yes, you should or no, you shouldn't. I think you know better than I like exactly how relevant your new messaging might be to your audience, but also don't make any assumptions. This is something I had to learn like the super hard way. Make sure you poll your audience about everything. Let them know about this change that's coming and ask if they are still interested. Let them know like it's going to be a little less travel oriented. I'll still be, you know, sharing my experiences while I do travel because that's something I do, but that's not the focus, you know, like really lay it out for them and test their interest. Have yeah. you done that before? Yeah, I've done that. Like I've been transitioning from travel. Like it has been, I think, two years now, but I've also not been very consistently active on my social media for two years. So well, questions. One thing that that's something really important to factor. Like one reason that I can't usually answer this question directly is because it depends on you. Like just as an example, even starting my new podcast account, I'm already so much more motivated on that account than the one I've been posting on for years because, you know, first of all, it's new and fresh. But second of all, of course, any platform does prioritize new accounts. And so it's like, if that initial validation and momentum is going to inspire you and motivate you, maybe it's worth it. But then you also want to weigh the hard work you've put in over the years and just see, see the pros and cons and really what ends up winning. Like maybe even sit down and make a pro and pros and cons list yeah. because it's it is a big commitment too to start a new account. So it's hard, you know. But what's nice is that the people who are your ride or dies over on your existing account will come over to the new account. And then you'll be starting off with this foundation of like true fans and then building a really relevant audience. 
So I think it just it has to do with how how attached you are to your current account, how much brain capacity you have to start a new account. And then of course, like your factors of motivation. Will it be disheartening to like start from zero or will it be more disheartening to be losing followers on the account that you have more followers on? Hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Like I've been thinking about this question like since I submitted it on the forum. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, you know what? I, I feel like it's also just an evolution of who I am. And just my goal with social media is not to like obviously if it happens great, but it's not to have like millions of followers or become mm-hmm. viral. I feel like obviously also with what I portray, like the, the messages that I want to to portray is that I want like a simple, slow life and I don't want to like I feel like if I start fresh, I'm gonna feel so stressed out because I'm gonna be I have to, to go here. Like even even thinking about what should be like obviously like for my clients, I'm like post as much as you can. But I don't think it works for me. And that's why I wanted to work with you because I'm yeah. like I can do it for other people, but I need someone to remind me it's okay to do your thing. You know, it's okay to mm-hmm. and I, I know I I'm gonna try my best to post Mm-hmm. once a day from Monday to Friday. Um, mm-hmm. But I also know that, you know, like the slow way to do it is also my thing because I do that. And otherwise I'm just going to quit after right. like one month. Yeah. So I think yeah. I'm just going to keep it for now. It's just okay. part of who I am. And mm-hmm. if the growth is like not as big as if I start something new, I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. And eventually it will pivot too. I mean, it is yeah. one of those long-term mindsets, but if you're in the red right now, hopefully with what we talk about, we're going to make your messaging stand out and then it'll have that pivot once the people who don't want to stick around leave and the people who do show up. So that being said, let's go on to your next question then and talk about communicating this angle that you have because, and I did summarize your notes here. I do love your UVP and you tell me if I summarized it correctly, but I summarized it as a safe space rather than a prescriptive guide or a solution. Yeah, That's really, that's genius, especially I think people, you know, there's ebbs and flows with like trends on social media and it's like, for a while, toxic hustle culture was kind of like a trend. It was like the thing to do. And so I think right now having something a little bit polar to that could be really smart. But the the key is not blending in with all the other wellness and mindset and types of creators out there. And so that's where I want to connect the dots with this really strong statement. And then what we have in your bio and your content. And I don't know if you've updated your bio recently, but I know the bio is just like one aspect, but ultimately it helps with the alignment of messaging, like having a super brief statement. So we'll talk about that. Content pillars is another thing that we're going to probably specify because, and I have this for the next slide, but I'll just say it now because it's on my mind. A lot of these words like mindfulness, slow self-connection, unfortunately, they've lost their meaning through the years on social media. I found that. And like a lot of times I'll come up on these words and they won't really mean much to me anymore. They're a little bit empty because they they can be interpreted in so many different ways. So I think the key for us is to specify these two in alignment with how specific your UVP is. I think the posting formats is a great idea, especially if these seem like sustainable to you. These are great posting formats, especially the voiceovers. Because I, I know I told you this before, but I, I was missing your voice a little bit. And I have noticed, like I look through your content and I do hear your voice more now. And I love that. Love that. Since we're clear on all of your notes, like I said, some of those words are kind of buzzwords right now. I don't want to say shallow, but just open to interpretation. So what you want to do is really think more about the symptoms and the causes, why someone actually needs self-connection and mindfulness. And so what I came up with, and you'll know better about your target audience. But like when I think of it off the top of my head or about for myself, it would be lack of self-acceptance or self-worth that would make me need self-connection or a toxic relationship with self-improvement that would make me need this slow down kind of mentality or just feeling unsettled and like anxious overall and like needing to ground yourself. So those are the real things that we want to pull out of your messaging instead of the words like slow productivity or mindfulness and things like that because they're just so open for interpretation. Yeah, and, and I love especially the two last ones. I feel like toxic relationship with self-improvement is huge. 
like you know like all of those catchy words like bad girl um mm-hmm. project 50 like all of those those things were like you need to do more you need to be more like this is not what i preach obviously goals are great i'm not against goals of course <laughs> um, yeah. it's, it's like being happy where, where you are is mm-hmm. like a way better foundation to create something mm-hmm. even greater than to always wait for you being a better version of yourself like the self-optimization constantly is like mm-hmm. something i want to talk about i guess but also having this really because i feel like one time i was doing like the survey on my account and and even like the people I met during IT or any time, people are always like, I feel so calm and peace. Like you always seem so calm and peaceful. And it's yeah. funny to meet you in person because mm-hmm. yes, you are, but it's, it's like, I don't know. And so I feel like I also want to like share that part of me who is like chilling and doing my thing, <laughs> like my cup of tea and lighting up my candle. So mm-hmm. I, I feel like for me, like, you know, like, advocating for you don't have to self-improve all the time kind of mm-hmm. makes me feel like this fire energy of like and the other part of me was like walking by the beach and watching the moon and mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of like the feminine energy which is yes. like more watery so, so I don't know if that helps it does I, I just had like a way where I could maybe get some of those thoughts onto paper and help you see how it plays into your messaging let me know if you can hear me okay with this what you're talking about you're calm and your slow like living that you actually embody is going to be more of like your voice mm-hmm. so voice and embodiment is going to be like your slow living your moments by the beach and these are just a few examples calm energy overall and then your messaging is more what we're going to talk about next so i'll fill out this slide like a little bit more full when i send it but i think it's so important to differentiate because at the beginning of my journey I was trying to put everything into like one 150 character bio and then trying to make my content work off of that. And it made me post about just like a bajillion different things. I felt like it was focused because I knew the message that I was trying to say, but people were confused and it took me a while to realize that. And so I think instead it's whenever you do think of these slow moments and your calm energy, it comes through in the way that you talk in your voiceovers and the messages you share on your stories, the captions you share, like what you're doing on the day to day. Because the embodiment part is so huge. And that's where like the personal content, basically, you can view it as like, people want to see like, okay, you're preaching this, but you're also like living it. And this is what my life could look like because of that. So it doesn't always have to be where you're like, actually talking about your moments by the beach or whatever, just sharing it and showing yourself doing it is good enough. So that might have been me just repeating back at you what you just said. But I think it's good to take it out of the messaging and like make it its own living, breathing thing. Yeah, that, that's super helpful because it's like you cannot get the perspective by yourself and you're like, I have all of those things and I don't know if this mm-hmm. is my, my content pillars, my buckets, my voice, my, you know. So exactly. It's really, yeah. Yes. Just as an example, like I talk about my OCD, my neurodivergent, low energy type of content stuff. And I just had to be get with a coach myself to realize like that doesn't have to be a content pillar. It's just who you are <laughs> and people will just relate to that. And it's just something that makes you stand out that's a part of your voice, but it doesn't have to be in your content, like on a weekly rotation. You know what I mean? Like the actual context of it. So yeah, that, that's just something to think about. So that being said, let's talk about messaging and how you can use this voice to like actually clarify what your UVP is. Because what I really, and I, I feel like you pull this out of your messaging too, but what I really pulled from the document you sent me are these two things. And it's, we're not a self-improvement project and embrace being. And so these are really unique and they're really core I think to your messaging and then whenever we do move into your bio though I don't feel those things at all like yes these are important aspects to doing this but this is the gold you know so I brainstormed some ideas for you for integrating it into your bio and again a bio we can also consider it your mission statement yeah <laughs> like it, it's 
something that we just tend to use as a guide for ourselves once we have a bio in place. So I always like to start with the bio. Now, keep in mind, my voice is very different than yours. So I would hope I want you to put your flair on these if they don't feel right, but it's more about the concept of them. So making yourself really stand out, especially like this is an option, but with some kind of little statement could work. So I, some options I have here are like the anti-self-improvement project and then empowering you to prioritize being over becoming. And then you can say like, I, I, right. I was That's like, so you, you pulled it. Like you really inspired me with this. Like it's really good messaging. And then you could, you could add like the through part. So either through self-care or if you want to get even more specific through self-acceptance or maybe even through self-love and intentional daily practices. And I feel like, again, like the word intentional, I believe I pulled this from your document too. I think it's more impactful than word, the word mindful. Again, just because people are like, I don't know, play around with it. You know, you can A, B test that kind of stuff because you know your audience better than I do when it comes mm-hmm. to that. So that's kind of more just my perspective from a viewer and just other clients I've seen. So that's one option. Or you could bring in something more trendy right now just to help with like, again, attention and SEO. So the anti-it girl and something like taking the pressure off of you to self-improve and empowering you to be happy as is instead. But like you could probably come up with so many different examples. But does no, that kind of... so good. Good. Okay, I'm glad this, yeah, this is so good. <laughs> I just need to think about more like the title, like the, the first this line. Part. Yeah, I'm like... Yeah. And you I'm always so weird about categorizing myself into something. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's more mindset than, than something else. But the second part of the first one is like empowering you to prioritize being over becoming through all of this. That's awesome. And I also love taking the pressure off you to self-improve, which is also mm-hmm. so good. So yeah. I don't need to think about this, but yeah, I love it. You might be able to combine them in some way that feels right for you. And also, this might even be better, honestly, before locking yourself in. You could allow this, if you even want to have some kind of title, to reveal itself. You know, so like mm-hmm. make make this or a combination of these two your bio at first. And then if you start resonating with certain something or your audience starts referring to you as something, then maybe you can implement that. Having something that's very recognizable to a certain creator is always an advantage. So I know it is hard to label, but it also sometimes gives you an edge too. So something to think about, but don't lock yourself down right away. Let it come as you start posting this messaging. Okay. So it's, it's like you just unclicked something that was in my mind for six months. I was like, oh, I cannot do this. That's what I love to hear on these <laughs> sessions. And honestly, it's a back and forth thing because same for you. Whenever I read your like your notes, I was getting super inspired by it too. So yeah, I, I think starting with something like this would be really great. And and then at that point, it, it's about bringing it back into your content messaging too. And so like following through. And mm-hmm. so that's what I have next. I'm going from top to bottom. So I did have a little highlight section. I'm sure you planned on building oh these out a little bit. Yeah, that's terrible. So this is another practice what you preach thing for me, but I definitely would do a start here highlight for you. Again, especially since for you, there might be a little bit of educating on the messaging mm-hmm. and people might not even realize they have this problem. So the key thing that I say for a start here highlight is just to start off with it being about them. A lot of people mix that up and it really does make all the difference. So instead of starting with about yourself, just tell them who this space is for. Like you're in the right place or you're here because you're a blank who is tired of blank and you wish you could blank and you need blank all of their desires and their problems that they have right now. And then I also would say, I don't know for sure if you need to have the Oracle cards up here and it might distract since it's something that happens in the past, right? You do it every week. I used to do it each month okay. and it was like the biggest engagement I had. So I just started mm. that. Oh, that, that makes sense. sense. That makes yeah. sense. Okay. If you want to keep people like knowing that it's a thing for a while, then you could do that. I might in that case, retitle it to like Oracle Mondays or something like that so that people just really know to look forward to it. And they don't just, you know, think it's something you do every once in a while. And it's yeah. restructuring. I kind of like stopped doing it because okay. I'm working on my own deck of cards. But oh, that's, that's, that's really cool. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then yes, in that case, definitely you'll have it on there. So we will, I'll note something that, about the name there. You might not also need the fashion one. This might be, I understand like for brand collaboration sake, I'm not sure, but I do have some ideas for brand collaboration options too. If you do want to keep it there, I again might change the verbiage. I know this is long. So you might put like emojis for the fashion or shopping part, but more like the word verbiage sustainable or conscious might mean a little bit more to your messaging. Just because when I read slow fashion, I wasn't sure what that might mean, you know, yeah. and like in which way, essentially. Yeah, and then, it was more for like, yeah, as you said, like collaboration purposes, mm-hmm, more than mm-hmm. anything. Yes, I, I suspected, but I do think there's some more organic routes that we could take that I will talk about too. And then possibly once you have like some content build up under this messaging, making it one content pillar for each or one highlight for each content pillar. And you don't have to label them like how you have your content pillars labeled, but just letting people know how to kind of like quickly go through the story that you tell will be that much better for conversion just because people's attention spans, as we know, are gone out the window. So having that right there is super convenient. And then also I found having a pillar for like thoughts and reflection, especially actually for you, since people really probably resonate with that could be good because then it's that kind of reason to choose you over other options on the internet right there in your highlights. It's that really connective kind of stuff where they can get like your musings and like inspiration just right there. So I know that's a long-term thing because highlights take forever to build up, but long-term you'll have those notes here. Sounds good. Okay. Let's talk about the fun part. I basically wanted to write out some concepts for you for each phase that, and we've talked about this on different sessions before, but kind of each phase of this viewer journey or customer journey that people tend to go on online. And I'll kind of re-summarize it a little bit too. For anything awareness space where you're trying to get the most reach and people to like really understand this concept, I might frame it around some simple questions at first. Again, just to get people putting this perspective into their own shoes and their own life. So questions like, are you tired of chasing a better you? Or when was the last time you weren't working on yourself in some way? Something like that, that makes it like, it's the messaging, but in very simple terms. Instead of trying to get really fancy and like, I guess, pretty or eloquent with the words, that's another mistake I've made. People tend to respond a lot better to just simple at first, especially. And then once you pull them in with that like super relatable, aware question, that's when you can get a little more specific on that messaging and maybe a little more inspirational. And especially at the beginning, I would pull a lot from your own realization about this philosophy. So even sharing, like if you're open to it, which I do suggest being as vulnerable as possible, sharing your own struggles with maybe your constant pursuit for self-improvement at one time and the symptoms it caused for you. So maybe like super high anxiety or, you know, random breakdowns or whatever it was for you. And then showing the transformation as you shifted into the being over becoming type of philosophy. And I, if you can, I would really try to make it visual. So if you have it, I, I know before footage is hard with something like this, but you know, whatever you're willing to share, maybe like a text message message you sent to a friend, even that was like, I'm struggling or whatever it is. Not everyone has videos of them crying, but you know, anything you can pull from that past experience, essentially. That's interesting because I never asked myself, like, what would show me in that phase of my life where I was like doing that? Like, I've never asked myself, what, what do I look like? Like, that? yeah, that's an important, I, because the main thing is that at first, when you're building out a content strategy and messaging, the only thing that a lot of players have to go off is their own experience. Because mm-hmm. as you start posting about this, people will reveal to you their similar struggles with it. And then you'll have more content ideas too. But to get the ball rolling, to get this connection and everything, I think it's so important. And you're not going to be the only one. That's the thing. Whatever you were struggling with when you were going through this, it's going to be relatable because no one is alone in any one experience. And I mean, even me, when I read your document, I was like, yes, I love this. I relate to this. So it can, and it could be anything like, you know, even if you don't have footage from the before, and I don't know how comfortable you are doing this, but even like showing yourself just looking stressed or like overwhelmed or just fast, you know, like you could even show like a side by side of 
before of a morning where you're just, it's clear you're not really paying attention. You're just going, going, going. And then a morning of you like being slow and reflecting and caring for yourself without. Yeah. I'm sure I even have like probably footage of me like doing yoga and checking my phone at the same time because, you know, like doing the thing was not enough. You needed to like do the next thing after. And I was like, I probably have something like that. For sure. Yeah. And if not, you could recreate it. You know, you could film yourself doing yoga and checking your phone. That's easy. So anything like that, that might give that feeling of like scattered or fast or not being present and then going over to the alternative. The transformation can be really impactful. And then um, like another phase that you could go after that. And I always suggest is something a little more tangible. I know you're not, I know it's going to be a really fine line for you for this. This is what might be hard because obviously your messaging is like not to be always self-improving, but you still do want to give tangible tips for how to be present and not always be self-improving. And so I think doing it in, again, a very like from a place of embodiment would be really good. Like anything else, it's something that takes practice. It's a practice muscle. And that's what you can express to your audience that like slowing down is a practiced muscle and it's not going to happen overnight. And so you need some tools. So that's where I'd get tangible, something savable. You want to give them small wins. And I know people say savable all the time. And that's why I put it in more specific verbiage. You want people to win on their own so that they start seeing this is possible for them, that this matters, and that you can help them get wins for whatever your offers mm-hmm. are on the table. And that's whenever we get to the promotional part of this, because obviously this is the hardest part a lot of times. But I think hopefully through like rotating this for a while, you're going to work that storytelling muscle. And that's really what I found works best for promoting anyway. And you know, you hear this phrase selling the transformation over the product all the time. And really all that means is storytelling because they just want to see how the product can actually change their life. They don't care about the details. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, like also in my niche, I feel like like I'm, I'm following a few people, like obviously, like not, not too close of me because I feel like if it's too close, I'm like comparing myself. But oh, yeah. since like doing the same, m- maybe even being a little bit more in the spiritual niche than me. Mm-hmm. But I really like the way they do it. I mean, they show like everything you said, like they wanted the connection and trust. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to the promotional, they are always posting about okay. like, one of the girls that I follow. She has like a yoga studio mm-hmm. online. And so she's always posting like mm-hmm. almost once every two days. But she's always like, if you feel guided to join and to try for yourself and you know, like letting, I feel like I really want that too. It's like letting the intuition of someone be like, yeah, that feels like something. I would love to try for myself. And, you know, like, obviously, like the rest of it, the rest of the content is selling. But when it comes to the promotion, I really feel like, you know, like doing that, kind of like letting their intuition guide them. It yeah. feels right for them. This is here for you. So yeah. I feel like I'm I'm excited about the promotional content. I don't feel stressed mm-hmm. about it. Usually you're yeah. like, oh my God, what I'm going to do. But I'm, I, yeah. I don't know. The intuition thing is going to come too from just being there, which I know sounds so yeah. simple, but repetition and consistency and the mere exposure effect is what the psychological term is. It's just like, eventually that intuition is going to call them there with the rotation of this and you just letting them know you even have an offer. That's the part where people mess up, you know, like they think that people will just go to their bio, but, and I, I've found stories have been really powerful for me for selling. I mean, mm-hmm. even, and I've been having abysmal views as well. Like I know you said your views for stories weren't great and mine have been very bad too. And even so they're converting better than my TikTok does with a hundred thousand followers mm-hmm. <laughs> with a hundred, a hundred story yeah. views. And it's because those, the, those hundred people are the people who show up every single day. And so they're getting so many touch points of my sales stuff. And eventually they're going to buy, you know? And so that's why it's like every day someone new is, is deciding because they've seen my stories a thousand billion times, even though there's only a hundred of them, that's plenty. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people. Yeah, it is. It is. And we just get so caught up in the yeah. comparison. Yeah. So I, I will say that my, stories have been powerful. It's mostly about the lead and like the storytelling before you drop the link. I think that's what you'll be really good at and what if you play around with will hopefully give you all the momentum you need whenever your offers are up. So 
I did have some ideas for like signature series that you could try. They're just like a few little ideas. You don't have to bring them forward. I've just found that series can be a little low effort. And if you have one hit, they can give you a lot of momentum. So amazing. (laughs) I, I would say, okay, so there's two things with series. Number one, it takes off the planning off of your back. Like if you already know that on Mondays, you post about this. And then also number two, you can experiment with the way that you phrase the hook of the series. You don't want to do one hook for every single piece of the series. That's another mistake that I made because I realized that sometimes they're just not getting past the hook and they actually would have loved the series. So it gives you a chance to really refine the series. Don't feel like you have to have it down right away. And then once you find what people enjoy the most, you can keep it going. And then another thing I had to learn the hard way was to validate your idea for the series before you start it. Because it always sucks whenever you get started on something and you maybe commit to like 15 days or 30 days or whatever it is or every Monday. And then you're like, I don't want to anymore because people aren't liking it. So yeah, I would maybe just get an idea, ask your audience. And then once you know they like it, you can work on framing it to get the reach that you want. So, oh yeah, I didn't go over the specific ideas, but anti-eight girl practices, slow Monday moments or wisdom Wednesdays. I know that you mentioned like wisdom and messaging within your document. So I thought that might be something cool to bring in too. And it kind of sheds the light on your authority too. If you, and again, it doesn't have to be in a series, but just bringing in the fact that you do feel like you've learned so much through slowing down instead of through trying to learn it all. Because people tend to think that those go hand in hand. But yeah, totally. So, yeah. So that is so like good. That. Even the first one, I'm like, it feels a little bit provocative to me. I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> we, we like it. That, that, yeah, it's like, it's taking a lot of, of me to do that. But I, I kind of like the idea. That sounds fun. It's polarizing, which is mm-hmm. good. And yeah. Can, I know it does take a little bit of bravery, but it is good. It is. And, and something else too is that this verbiage is what could get attention. But then you could always bring down in the caption, like, there's no one right way to live, but we're just breaking down hustle culture or whatever it is, you know? So you're not like, I'm not bashing the it girls. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're um, still friends. Yeah, we're still friends. <laughs> it's all cool. Or just like reframing it as like, there's more than one way to be an it girl, you know, like mm. something like oh, that. Oh yeah, that's good too. Mm-hmm. And we can put that as a sub note. Yeah, like so good too. Oh my God, so many ideas. <laughs> good. I also just jotted down some like interesting or intriguing angles, some other ones that you could come from. Obviously, we already talked about anti-it girl, but something else that's kind of intriguing might be like how not to improve today as a hook. And then maybe like a few seconds later, have it pop up like and just be present instead or something like that. And that's a concept concept you could reframe in different verbiage multiple times. Um, slow living over self-improving, acceptance over growth, and then explaining when does self-improvement become toxic. I think even this question is like, good point, you know? Like, yeah. And then it also brings a lot of that awareness to this topic that you're trying to talk about. So those are just a few things that you could come at it from. Okay. Good. Okay. So I want, I, my next slide shifts into brand collaborations a little bit. So first, before we go into that, I want to make sure, just make sure you don't have any questions about messaging and feel good about it. I do feel good about it. I feel like it's just all of my notes, like billions of notes, just kind of like now have this like I can see it in my head. Before yeah. it was like just a cloud of words and now it feels <laughs> structured and feels good. So thank you so much. Good. Yes, there's a vision. And sometimes it just it just it takes that back and forth. I same thing for me. I just experienced it. Like I just got on a coach a coaching call of my own and I was like, I knew all of these things, but I didn't know how to get yeah, them, put them together. Yeah, yeah, get yes. them across. I feel like it's, it's also always my pain point. Like I've never been shy to talk, but a little bit to show people what I really am because mm-hmm. this is not something I used to be comfortable doing as a kid, teenager, even like young adults, you know? So yeah. I feel like this is also like showing that 
you know, like, I don't know, like putting myself out there feels scary, but it's good. That makes sense. And you know what? That's a great thing to share under this connection area. Like share that. People mm-hmm. want to know about that. Even if it's just on stories, just saying something like, you know, this isn't necessarily, it doesn't necessarily feel natural for me to open up like this, but I know how important it is. And I know it's necessary for the impact that I want to make. It just makes you, it really humanizes it. And a lot of times it's the stuff that we want to hide away that we actually should share. Mm-hmm. So I, I would at least make point. Yes. Even if you just start in stories, like think about, I mean, the most responses I ever get to my stories is whenever I am sharing like a mistake or a failure or a thought or amusing. So I would leverage that for sure. Let people know that it doesn't come natural. And if it doesn't for them to open up, that's okay too. But that there's still ways to succeed, you know, all of those things. That would be really good. Okay. So for brand partnerships, I only, I did just put one side on here because I had some ideas for you, but I think the key will be stepping a little bit out of the box that you might be used to for brand partnerships so far. And again, it does depend like where your passions are and alignments are, but I think that you could have a really good edge by targeting something more like wellness, like the tech space or like actual more specific products to self-care than things like fashion and jewelry. And I have found that apps are so lucrative. I'm telling you, like it's, it's really? crazy. Yes. Like, well, first of all, they're tech companies. So it, it kind of makes sense. So they tend to have bigger budgets. They already see the value in creator marketing most of the time. And they're kind of easy to create for sometimes too, because a lot of times you can like show the phone or like whatever mm-hmm. it is. And so, yeah, I thought that might be something different for you to target. If you are, again, you, I mean, you could be, I don't know how your luck is right now with collaborations, but I haven't you, done any in a while just okay. because I'm not posting on social media. Okay. Then for down the line, possibly whenever you do start getting more into it, possibly something to consider. And then anything self-care specific, like that bath and spa or even even like meditation specific products like meditation, like mats or why can't I spell today? Mats or equipment, anything like that, where it's like just a little bit more um, tailored to your UVP. So the brand is like, makes yes. sense, you know? Mm-hmm. And also it might just like more seamlessly integrate into your um, content too. That's all I had for the presentation. However, you're more than welcome to still pick my brain or if you have any questions or need clarifications from what we talked about, I would love to talk about it. Well, that first, thank you so much. That was incredible. Like I, I have no doubt Not that, you know, I'm just settling and excited to go back into this. So it feels really good. I'm planning on like posting consistently, hopefully, so like brand collaborations. Mm-hmm. I have no idea when to, like, would you say I can, like, post, like, should I post for at least two months and, and then go back into it? Or should I just go now and... You know what's interesting, too, and I don't know if you really dabbled in this before, but now a lot of it can be off your channel. A lot of content for brands, and everyone's calling it UGC, but sponsored posts are also UGC, but that's a whole other thing. <laughs> but you you could focus a little bit more on behind the scenes because you clearly, like, you have a portfolio of content. Even your just your account is a portfolio of content. So you could also pitch yourself or find opportunities that are off channel. If you are worried about the fact that you have been inconsistent right now, you might even find that you prefer that. I do. It's where like, I hardly post to my page anymore for sponsorships and all my brand collaboration income is off channel. So well, that's, that's fascinating. An that's fascinating. I mean, I heard about UGC. I thought you still needed to have like an audience or something. I have no idea where to look for for that. <laughs> Not at all. You really don't. So what I would do actually first, if I were you, is go back to past brands that you've worked with you can go as far back as you want, um, especially ones that have paid you for posts specifically, and even ones that haven't. And you can reach out to them and let them know that that's something you can offer for them now. And what I would do, maybe just, well, the course comes out soon too. You entered the course, didn't you? That'll give you a lot. Yeah, That'll give you more than I can give you here. But it's really about, at this point, how lucrative UGC ads can be. So 
instead of pitching your engagement, like you might be used to, then reach out and say, you could say something like, Hey, I noticed I haven't come across an ad for you in a while, or I haven't come across one at all. Like, did you know UGC has X, Y, and Z benefits? And you could just do a little research on that or wait to the course, whichever you want to do. And then that's really what you're pitching at that point. So now your UVP when you're talking to brands is has nothing to do with your following. It has to do with why UGC is beneficial to brands and the fact that you can, you know how to create content. You've had years of experience creating high quality content in this specific niche. Even you know how to frame products in a way that converts. Those are the types of things that you would sell. So it's almost like, I mean, it's all like, imagine, because you do some social media management, right? Yeah. It's almost like if you were pitching your social media management services instead. So you're pitching like, because that has nothing to do with your following. It has to do with your skills. So it's like, it's like that. Yeah. Yeah, And that sounds sounds good because I always love creating the content, but I hate the fact that my engagement has never been like, and, and I feel like it also like shows because most brands that I've worked with, we've worked together once. Mm-hmm. But somehow, I feel like, I don't know if it's my energy when I post it, which is so anxious, that just makes it like, even though the, the numbers are not that bad, but I don't know, I feel like I might send something, you know, that feels mm-hmm. anxious to the brand. But I love creating the content. I just don't really like posting it on my account. Exactly. Yeah, same. And what's really nice too is like for when whenever they post them for ads that are off of your channel, one, they pay you more for that because it's, they're directly making money off of that ad. It's not a what if, like it's an ad with a button. So that they pay more for, you can pay month or charge them month to month, like license it. So it's predictable income. And then also you can package it where you give them like multiple hooks for the same video. Mm-hmm. And this is really beneficial because then they can beta test the ad and whichever one performs best they know. And then that gives you an advantage because at least one of them will get them probably like a good result, you know, and that, that will increase your chance for a long-term partnership and them hiring you again. That sounds fun. Those are, those are, yeah. And especially since you do have a little probably build up or a little black book of brands you could probably reach out to that you are comfortable with you or know you. I bet, I bet you could snag one or two opportunities like that from them. Yeah. That sounds like a good idea. Would you say like sometimes, you know, like obviously this is something I hope to do on Instagram, but also on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Always the same thing. Would you say like most, like it's, it's more like intriguing to me because, you know, like you read everywhere. Like you don't need to have one thousand. Um, 100 followers, 100,000 followers to just get collaboration and stuff. But we did say, do you think, like, do you market a lot your TikTok when you do that? Or are they also interested in on Instagram? And I mean, you, you've grown so much over the, the past <laughs> few months. I've seen you grow and I was like, whoa, that's amazing. Do you want to know what a big part of it is? Is ads. Because mm-hmm. so the, the um, brand is whitelisting my content or multiple brands are whitelisting my content, which means they're putting money behind it, but it's, and it comes with my handle on it. Yeah. But it's still not posted to my account. So when people click on it, they still go to my page. And then the brand is pushing them out to literally a bunch of people. And so again, that's another area where ads can be really beneficial yeah. that are off of your um, page because obviously only the people who are interested will follow. So it's still relevant leads for you. There was one more thing I was going to say about that. Oh, the following. So no, whenever the only thing that has to do with my following that I will admit is that it's very possible a lot of brands find me through my following. Mm. So like it's possible that my reach helps with when they're typing into the TikTok out or search engine, like I don't even know what they would be t- like TikTok growth or whatever it is when they're trying to target my audience, it's possible I come up before other creators, and so that mm-hmm. could be one reason I get contacted more. But then when we're in the email, yeah. <laughs> it's nothing Obviously. to do with that. Yeah, unless they are specifically looking for a sponsored post, which these days is pretty rare for like it really is pretty rare for me. I think brands are really starting to realize that conversion wise, UGC just makes so much more sense to just to just post it as a, an ad that they're putting money behind than to hope that a brand collaboration, you know, gives them conversions. So it depends on their KPI, like their key performance indicator. If they're looking for awareness, they're usually looking for more of a sponsored post. 
But if they're looking for sales conversion, it's going to be an ad. That's so, super interesting. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's, it's very cool. I'm really, it's yeah. like, it's very exciting for new creators. Like, <laughs> yes. Because like back again, back when I was getting started and you were getting started, like it was so hard. <laughs> oh my God. Like they were hoping to get like thousands of sales from mm-hmm. us when we were paid like $200 or something. I know. Like, I know. And then it, there's no even direct conversion. Like there's no link or button or anything like yeah. that. So yeah. So interesting. Yeah, Thank you. You're welcome. I think you could have a lot of fun with it. And especially actually something else you could use to your advantage is that um, if you have a portfolio of content you've created for other creators too, that could even be an advantage. Just letting them know like how much experience you have. I'm excited for you to dip your toe into that because it's very Oh my fun. God. <laughs> I am too. I am too. Especially because I also want to, like I said, I want to do my yoga teacher training and potentially also like teach classes mm-hmm. like in person yeah. because I love my job. I love working on social media, but once again, the slow living part of me feels like I want to be a little bit more connected with, you know, the real world sometimes. Yeah. And so actually knowing that you can do UGC and don't have to post on your account, you can just create the stuff in your real life, be happy with it. And yes. and you don't even have to handle the social media part. Mm-hmm. That feels nice, actually. Mm-hmm. That feels so nice. Because I love, you know, like I'm just here creating my content with my candles and stuff. I'm like really <laughs> happy about that. Exactly. exactly. And that's what's nice is that like for UGC ads specifically, the more organic looking, the better even. So it's almost even easier to create for an actual ad in your feed yeah. than for one that would be like on your channel. Because then you have to think about your target audience plus the brand's target audience. And but yeah. because you just have to know about the brand's target audience and make it work for them. And that's it. Well, so. I'm excited about the course to start. I think I'm going to just go, in, go into it, um, mm-hmm. go into content and, and when the course uh, will be out. I will be starting maybe to reach out to brands and stuff. But for now, just doing that. Do you, do you think I can? Is it still relevant to post different things on TikTok and Instagram? What do you mean different things? Like the type of content that I like. Like I know TikTok is a lot of talking. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I felt about that. Like I'm happy with the voiceover, but I still really like the lifestyle videos. Like mm-hmm. I don't see myself just maybe maybe as I'm evolving and getting more secure with my voice and with my messaging. Mm-hmm. I will be, I will feel comfortable opening up and just be, hey, you know, like in the car and be, hey, like this, like a Gen Z thing. Like, I feel like I'm so old now. <laughs> I actually do too. And I'm, I'm not even, I'm, yeah, I'm well into the millennial oh phase. My God. And I'm so th- I'm 31. I'm like, what are they doing? No, mm-hmm. but it's like, and also I haven't consumed any content on TikTok for so long. So I don't really know if it's still like how it's going. I feel like I should just probably consume some content and see how it evolved the last I- year. That's a good starting point for sure. And then there are some tried and trues, like we talked about in the past, the the kind with the longer text and the shorter clip, as long as the text is super relevant, that tends to be a tried and true um, for me. And then you could also turn that exact same thing and concept into a voiceover, like mm-hmm. put your nice, slow living clips and then literally just say with a voiceover what you would have typed out. And that's just another way to test that messaging, you know, until you get one that kind of hits. And then you can see what what exactly people resonate with. I, I use TikTok for a lot of testing. And then I bring like what I come up with over to Instagram because mm. Instagram is where people buy from me. And so like, yes, sometimes one of my videos will hit on TikTok and I'll get an increase of sales because of that naturally. But I genuinely feel like even if that happens, they are first coming to my Instagram and then hitting purchase from there. So that a lot of times I'll post the same kind of concept in different ways on TikTok. And then once I kind of see how it works best, then I'll bring it over to Instagram. If it's like a little bit easier for you to create for TikTok because it's more casual and maybe you don't care as much about the outcome there, then that's what I would do. Be casual there. Do what comes to your instincts. Do it when you have the time. And then you're going to see from the reaction on that, oh, I should definitely bring that over to Instagram. And then you can 
format it in a way that is better accepted over there. Like I, I will say, I definitely still sometimes just remove the watermark from TikTok and post it over onto Instagram. I do think a lot of mine are talking head videos though. So it's a little bit different. It, as often as you can do something native to Instagram, do it, but don't burn yourself out thinking that you have to do it every time. That's basically yeah. all I want to say about that. No, that, that, that's super helpful. Thank you so much for your time. <laughs> of course, you're very welcome. So what I'll do is I'm going to link this video, the recording of the video on this last page here of the presentation. So it'll be right here. And so that whenever I send you this PDF, then you're going to have both in one. Um, and you'll be able to download the PDF to your computer. So you have everything. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so good. much. Sounds good. All right. I know we'll, I know we'll talk soon. So we will. <laughs> yes. Well, have a great rest of your day. Have a good day yourself, Aurora. Take care. Bye. Bye. All right, guys, that concludes the one-on-one -on -one session with Aurora. If you resonate with Aurora's messaging of being overbecoming and want to keep up with her for inspiration, you can find Aurora on Instagram and her username there is at Aurora Chase. I will link that along with the rest of her socials in the show description so you can follow her journey and don't hesitate to reach out to either her or I with your thoughts on this episode. Thank you so much for listening as always and talk again soon. If you liked this episode, it would make my day to hear about it. Please don't hesitate to share your thoughts on Instagram and tag me at Gina Galliotto or shoot me a DM letting me know so I can continue sharing episodes you love. And if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe to the Social Spectrum podcast and leave a five-star review so we can stay in each other's worlds. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Until next time, friend.